We did, um, we did say that some, a visitor was coming. Um, there was a mix-up. Uh, I don't know if it was my mix-up or his mix-up or between us we mixed it up, but we mixed it up. Uh, so uh, don't look upon Peter in a negative way at all, uh, or don't look upon me in a negative way at all. Just accept the fact that uh, it didn't quite work out as we planned and a uh, good possibility he'll be returning to us uh, later on in the year. When the children sang, they sang about heaven. Now, what do you think about heaven? Is it real? Is there a place called heaven? What we know, what we know if there is, it's invisible to us. We cannot see it. Christians are able to see into an invisible world. They see God. They see Jesus. They see heaven. They see things that an ordinary man cannot see. And it's those things I wanted just to talk briefly with you this morning about seeing into the invisible realm. In John's Gospel, I'll turn you there first, John chapter 3. Just a couple of verses I want to share with you. We read of a, an event in the life of Jesus where a man comes to him by night. He's, he's a Pharisee. He's one of the ruling Jewish council. He knows the word of God and it says he comes to Jesus by night. That is under cover of darkness. And it doesn't explain why he came at night. Maybe he came so that others wouldn't see him coming to Jesus. The Pharisees, by and large, did not accept Jesus for who he said he was. He said he was the Messiah. They did not accept this. He might have come to Jesus because during the day there were so many people clamouring around him that to ask him all the questions he wanted to ask, he needed to catch him when he was quiet, when he was alone, on his own, and what better to go at night when all the crowds had gone back. He might have come at night because he couldn't sleep. He was troubled, thinking all the time, who is this Jesus? And so the Bible says clearly he came to Jesus at night. Let me read these first two verses in John chapter 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. He has a question in his mind. This man, Nicodemus, is not seeing things as clearly as he wants to. And what he's saying in this question, he hasn't quite said it, but what he's saying is, are you the Messiah? Are you the one that God has sent to deliver his people? Are you the promised one of God? That is the question that he's asking. He cannot see clearly into the kingdom of God. And Jesus responds to him in verse 3. Jesus, in reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. 
I love repeating this, Jesus didn't tell lies. So when he said, I tell you the truth, he doesn't mean other times I told lies, but now I'm going to tell the truth. What he's saying is, listen carefully to what I have to say. This is important that you listen to this. He says, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Are you born again? So I... I don't know what born again means. Because this says, if you are not born again, you cannot see into the invisible kingdom of God. You live according to your senses. You live in what we call the kingdoms of this world. You live according to the rules of man and you live according to your senses, what you smell and touch and see and hear. You live in the kingdom of this world. But he is talking about when people are born again, they can see into another kingdom, an invisible kingdom, the kingdom of God. So what do I mean to be born again? To be born again means that you understand that God in heaven has been cut off from you because of this thing called sin, And he has sent his son Christ to die for you on the cross. And through accepting Jesus Christ as the son of God and him dying for your sin, God will forgive you of your sin and save you. And when that transaction has happened, you are born again or you are born from above. And one of the wonderful experiences of being born again, is you can see into the kingdom of God if you want to. Your focus can be on the kingdoms of this world. You can function only by the kingdoms of this world or you can function by the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. The children sang the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is about the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. What does that mean? It is an invisible kingdom that we as people who see into it and live in it can bring kingdom realities into our life, into the world in which we live. My question to you this morning, if you are a born-again Christian, what do you see when you look into the kingdom of God? What do you see that other people don't see. What is it that is real in this invisible world? What do you see? I'm going to suggest uh, just two or three things to you. There's hundreds of things that exist in the kingdom of God, this invisible kingdom. I've spoken about heaven, I've spoken about God, I've spoken about angels, I've spoken about those things that are in this invisible kingdom. This whole way of life, this whole way of living in the kingdom. When Jesus started to speak to the people, he often said, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is like this. What was he saying? He's saying, listen, this is how people live in the world, but in my kingdom, in this invisible kingdom, this is how we think and feel and act and work. And the invitation to every Christian is to come and live 
in the kingdom of God and bring the kingdom of God into our present day reality. When we pray, Lord, thy kingdom come, thy will be done here where I am. The kingdom of God here. I want to take you to another passage now to explain just two or three things about this kingdom. Come with me to Mark and chapter 10. Mark and 10, and we're going to read from 17 to 22. It'll be up here, so you can follow it with me. I'm reading from the NIV. Mark 10, 17 to 22. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Eternal life is kingdom life. He says, how can I inherit it? How can I get kingdom life into my life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal and do not give false testimony, do not defraud, but honour your mother and your father, or father and mother. Teacher, he declares, all these things I have kept since I was a boy. I've lived a righteous, good life according to the law of God. It says Jesus looked at him and loved him. That means that as he looked, he discerned that this young man was telling the truth. He had kept all the law. He was a good, righteous man. He said, one thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven. Heaven, you see, the kingdom, you will have treasures in heaven, then come and follow me. It says, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Just two or three things I want to draw out of that passage related to living in the kingdom, seeing the kingdom of God. Number one is, I think the primary clear thing we see once we're born again is that we see Jesus. Now, if you live according to the kingdoms of this world, you're not a born-again person, you too see Jesus. You see Jesus as a historical being. There's no doubt that Jesus lived. There's no doubts that he walked on the earth. There's no doubts that he did miraculous things. It's recorded for us as a fact that this man did these things. If you ask who is this Jesus then, you can be told he is the Son of God. And through his act of being crucified on a cross, he died for the sins of all people. That is, that is something you can understand, you can know. You might believe it or not believe it, but that is knowing Jesus according to the kingdoms of this world. Can I say to you, a born-again person who can look into the kingdom of God sees Jesus in a completely different way. He sees Jesus as he is to be seen. But if you're not born again, you cannot see Jesus in this way. He sees Jesus as the very focus of his universe. 
He doesn't see himself as the focus of his universe. He sees Christ as the one who is all-consuming of himself. When we're not born again, we consume ourselves. My life, what I think, who I am, how have you treated me in this way? It becomes self-centred. But once we see into the kingdom, we see that Christ becomes the centre of everything. This young man here, Jesus said, do you want to see the kingdom of God? He said then, everything that you have, everything that you hold dear to you, will you give it away, please? Will you just give it all away? Now, the reason Jesus is saying this, because he, Jesus had to be the very centre, the focus of his life. He could not hold on to everything else and reach into the kingdom. That which he had was hindering his apprehension of Jesus, was hindering his vision of Jesus, the things that he had. He said, Jesus said, that which you have, will you give it all away? He said, and that wealth that you have, will you give it to the poor? It's interesting, Jesus, he didn't say give it to me because I need it. He said, will you take that wealth that you have and give it to the poor? And in doing this, your clarity of seeing the kingdom of God will expand. You'll see more. Then he says a third thing. He says, I want you to forsake everything in your life and come follow me. Jesus has to be the central theme. When you look into the kingdom of God and you're born again, you see Jesus. And as you look, he expands more and more in your vision until he fills every part of your very being. And it is not you that determines your destiny. If you let your own determination dictate where you go, you're not going to go very far, let me tell you that. But if you let Jesus determine your destiny, there is no limit to where you can go. We sang a song at the start, break down these walls, these walls in me, so that Christ can fill my vision and God's destiny for me can be fulfilled. That's the first thing we see then when we look into the kingdom of God. We see Jesus and an increasing vision of him. The second thing we see, I believe, is we see a life of faith. A life where we're trusting and believing in God and what God says. If you live in the kingdom of this world and you want to move around in the kingdom of this world, you need money. Money determines your lifestyle. What you're wearing this morning, how you got here, where you spend your holidays, the food that you eat and the house that you live in is all determined by the money that you have. Of course it is. Money is the currency of the kingdom of this world. And that's true. It, that's how it works. More of it, 
Life can be more comfortable. It doesn't mean you don't have problems. Problems happen in here in relationships. And there are crazy ideas. By the way, the worship person said I was crazy. I'm, I'm not crazy, crazy mad. I'm crazy about the things of God. That's why I'm here. I'm crazy about the things of God. So, but that's fine. I understood what you meant. Nobody else, they thought I was crazy. Okay. I didn't get that. Okay. But. So money in the kingdom of this world is the currency of the kingdom. You've said it. I wish I had more. I wish we had more. I wish you earned more. I wish I'd saved more. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish there were less taxes. I wish I got paid a greater salary. And in that wishing, that's how we move around the kingdom. When you're born again, when you look into the kingdom of God, money has been replaced. There is no money in the kingdom of God. Money's no good to you in the kingdom of God. The only thing that's good for you is faith. See, if, if money was good in the kingdom of God, this is what Jesus would have said to the rich young ruler. He would have said, listen, forsake all, follow me, and don't forget to bring all the cash with you, because I'll use this in my kingdom. But he never. He said, give it all away and come with me and follow me and what you will get is faith. Now, I'm not stupid. Daphne's going to America. Yes, she bought a ticket. Yes, it costs money. So you say, there you are. You need money in the kingdom. No, you don't. You need faith. Because by faith... All the money that you need will come to you. You'll never be rich in the kingdom, but God will supply you with everything you need to live the kingdom life. I go without nothing. How much is in my bank account? Nothing. How much do I want in my bank account? Nothing. But I can pray in faith, and it comes. It comes. I'm going to Israel next week with the team. Lee says, do you want to come? I said, yes. How much money have you got, Phil? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay. But everything's been paid for. Oh, you, you, you coax somebody to give you it, or you, you let everyone know of your needs. No, 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 no. Faith will produce that, what I need. I can go with an assurance that God wants me to go. If he didn't, the money would not be there. And I would say, praise God, I'm not meant to go. If I meant to go, then the money will be there. See, what you need in the kingdom is faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. That's why he told the young man, not to bother with it. The third one I want to just bring to your attention when you look into the kingdom of God is this thing called the church. 
See, if you're in the kingdom of this world, you're not born again, you cannot see into the kingdom of God, of course you know what a church is. A church is that building on the corner of the street where Christians go on a Sunday and they worship God and when they finish worshipping, whatever they do, they come out of the church and they get on with their lives and go back next week to worship God again. Now that's what you see if you live in the kingdom of this world. When you're a born-again Christian, that's not church. church. Church is completely different from what the world sees. Church is about people. It's about men and women and boys and girls gathering together. It's about living in community. Now, if you don't see me from one weekend to the next, or you don't see any other Christians from hope from one week to the next, and you never talk to any other Christians from one week's end to the next, you are not living in a Christian community. You have the world's concept of church, and you go to church on Saturday, and you come away again on Sunday. We're not Seventh-day Adventists, are we? No. <laughs> We go to church on a Sunday and we go away again. You're not living in community with other Christians. See, to the Christian, to someone who can see into the invisible kingdom of God, the church is a community of people who relate to one another on an ongoing, continual business. They genuinely love one another. If I don't see you from one weekend to the next and you never talk to me, how can I genuinely love you? I don't know anything about you. I don't share my life with you. You don't share your life with me. You don't invite me to your home. I haven't invited you to my home. There is no loving relationship. You've only got to spend an evening with someone and they start to open up their heart to you and all of a sudden there is a bonding there is, there is love that flows from one to another. That must happen in our church. Otherwise, we don't see into the kingdom. We must enjoy each other's fellowship. We must share things together. I don't know what needs you have unless you tell me about your needs. And maybe I have two of those things that you need so I could give you one of those things. Or maybe I might even give you what I have. George came in. George, George is a troubled young man. And I said that I would take George to the funeral on Friday. And so he came. I actually forgot about this, and he reminded me. So I organised myself a car, and we got him. Now, as, as we're going, he says, Phil, have you got a bit of rope or something? Because my trousers keep falling down. I said, hang on a minute. So I'm looking desperately for a bit of rope. I can't find a bit of rope. But you know what I find? I find a belt here. It's, it's around my waist. It's, it's keeping my trousers up. So I give my belt to George. He said, that's no big deal. Well, the fact that I thought of giving him my belt, that's a big deal. He did just tie it round his waist and he tied it in a knot. That's more than I can do with my belt. So he's obviously a bit thinner than me. And then when he went home, he never gave me my belt back. 
So I'm one belt short, Daphne. If you wonder where that belt's gone, it's around George's waist. <laughs> See, it's supporting one another. If you're not supporting other brothers, and that's, that's going to be such a challenge to put that around my waist now. It's supporting one another. How, I wouldn't have known that George didn't have a belt and that his trousers were falling down unless we could sit together and talk about it. And the minute he shared his need with me, it became my problem. Do you understand? It was my problem then. Up to him sharing, there was no problem for me. Now I've got a problem. Can I solve his problem? You can always solve another man's problem. I'll tell you that. And the kingdom of God is about that. Supporting one another, even prepared to give our lives or even ourselves for that person. When Jesus finished this, Peter was listening to him and he had some real questions about the kingdom of God. And down in verse 29 and 30, we won't go into all the dialogue they have. He says in 29, he says, I tell you the truth again. In other words, listen carefully to what I've got to say. Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sister or mother or father. When you start to move and want to live in the kingdom of God, you might have to move away from your loved ones. You might lose those that would have supported you in the kingdoms of this world. You might lose father and children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive, and, sorry, and fields for me, and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much as this in this present age. He's saying, whatever you give up for me from the kingdoms of this world, when you reach into the kingdoms of God, you will receive a hundred times more of what you've given up. And listen what he says you'll have a hundred times more of. Brothers, sisters, mothers, and children. He doesn't say fathers, because we all get the same dad. It's Father God. But in the kingdom, when I look into the kingdom... I just don't go to church with other Christians and worship God and go home. I now have sisters and brothers and mothers. No, you're not my mother. You're my sister. Okay. Maybe Gwen's my mother. Anyone who's any day older than me can be my mother. You understand? It is about community. It is about life. The kingdom of God is about receiving brothers and sisters and mothers. And it also says children. So I have to adopt you. I love you. As a, as a child, as a mother, as a sister, as a brother. That's the kingdom of God. It's not about going to church. That's what the world sees. But the kingdom of God is far much more than simply going to church. Are you born again? Are you born again? Can you see into the kingdom? Would you like this kingdom life? Just bow your heads for a moment. 
please bow your heads with me. Just close your eyes. Because I want to offer you something. I want to offer you what Christ would offer every person. And that is to become a child of God and be born again. Born from above that you might see the kingdom of God. I guarantee you this, you will have to give up nothing, but Christ would so reveal the kingdom to you, you would desire to give up everything to lay hold of his kingdom. Now, if you're not born again, if you cannot see the kingdom of God and you would like to be born again, you would like to step into the kingdom of God, you liked what you've heard and you've liked what you've seen this morning and you want more, you want to talk more, you want to understand more, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand this morning and I will make sure that I meet with you and I talk to you and try to answer some of those questions. If there's anyone here that is not born again and wants to be born again, just raise your hand this morning. It doesn't commit you to anything apart from having a further conversation with me. Give you just a minute to think about that. Do you want to be born again? Jesus said, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. I want to invite you this morning. If you haven't put your hand up and you want to talk to me more, please do. I'm coming to the lunch after and I'm sure many of you will be there. If you want to talk to me, please come talk to me. Let me pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've opened our eyes that we might see the kingdom of God. We thank you, Lord, that we are children of yours. We understand what Nicodemus didn't, that you are the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And Father, I just pray for everyone here this morning that your peace and your grace and your love will continue to be with them for now and forevermore. Amen. God bless you. That was a great word. Thank you, Phil. You wouldn't have known it was a last-minute one, right? Wasn't that amazing?